Let's all stand and sing our song of praise. Blessed be your name. seated if you will and we want to officially now welcome each and everyone present to our worship today and glad you're here and those who are tuning in with us uh, uh, through social media we're glad you're present as well and thank you for being with us and uh, celebrating our worship together and trusted everybody as well and doing okay and you had a wonderful time of celebration however way you you, you celebrated your Thanksgiving we we kind of did our normal thing and, uh, and enjoyed uh, being together, but uh, just a different setup, you know, it's kind of what we did. So, but we're glad we're able to worship together in spirit and the truth and to recognize that God is good and all those blessings that are given to us, those good and perfect gifts are given by God. And so bless his holy name for all those things. So let's pray together. Father, we thank you that you allow us this morning to worship together. Uh, to be in this very place to celebrate your love and to celebrate your blessings, to celebrate all the bounty and provision that's given to each of us, and to celebrate uh, who you are in knowing that you are God and you are king. We thank you that we enter into a part of a season in the Christian life, in the Christian calendar that celebrates the birth of, of our Savior. We recognize that the gifts that you're given to us, not only in flesh, the gifts that are given to us in spirit are so, so precious, and we give you praise and thanks for all those things. And we just want to say we love you and we honor you and we recognize you as Father and as King and as our friend. In your name that we pray, amen. We also today begins the beginning of the Advent season. You know, it sounds, sounds like, oh, man, we... 
But yeah, we're in the Christmas season. We're already here, aren't we? And the Advent, the first Sunday of Advent is today. And so we always light the candles to kind of recognize uh, the gifts that God has given us uh, through the Advent season, through Christmas season. I like to always start with the, per, the, the pink candle, which represents love. And this candle, of, this candle represents of love. And what can you say? That God, is, God loves us so much that he gave his only son to us. And for us who believe, and as we talked about in Sunday school this morning, who confess and believe that he is Lord, shall be saved and be given the gift of eternal life. And so this, this candle represents uh, the love of God, but let it also represent what we believe. That we believe that this love is a love that is for all people. And it is good tidings of great joy that is shared for us and to us as we celebrate uh, the Lord God and all the gifts that he gives us. So let's begin our celebration of Christmas. Guys, it almost seems like it's something new today that we bring back an offering <laughs> just because of the way we've been doing it over the last several months. But, but, you know, a gift, our giving is a part of our worship. Why is that? Because God has given us all things, and all the things that we have are just borrowed. And they're used, and we can use them as good stewards of his kingdom and his kingdom's cause. And so we... We bring back our tithes and offerings back into the actual worship service instead of just placing it in a box as you leave to recognize uh, all those good and perfect gifts that God gives us. We give back to him. So let's pray together. Father, we ask that you bless this offering 
and that you take this offering and use it for your kingdom's purpose, that it, as it spreads the word and the news and the love through the various facets through our, our, our church organization, that these tithes and offerings be used to, to bring someone unto you. And we thank you for giving us the opportunity to give back to that which you've given to us. In Jesus' name, amen. I trust that today you worship him and you bless his name. Blessing him for all that he is and all that he has done for you. And never take for granted the things that you have today are given to you for his, his blessing, uh, for his, his glory and for his honor. Uh, to recognize that, that he is the giver of those things in your life that are to be used for a greater cause beyond our own imagination, beyond our own belief. The title of this message is Bless the Lord, O My Soul. And it's based on Psalm 103 that begins in verse 1. And I'll read really not the entire chapter. You can do that at a later time, but I'll read at least through verse 13 of Psalm 103. And notice the terminology the psalmist uses. And I'm using the uh, Christian Standard Bible version, uh, kind of similar to the Holman's translation that says, My soul, praise the Lord, and all that is within me, praise his holy name. Your version may say, Bless the Lord, all that is within me, and bless his holy name. 
My soul praises the Lord and do not, no, my soul praise the Lord and do not forget all his benefits. He forgives all your sin. He heals all your diseases. He redeems your life from a pit. He crowns you with faithful love and compassion. He satisfies you with goodness. Your, your, your youth is renewed like the eagle. The Lord executes acts of righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. He revealed his ways to Moses, his deeds to the people of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and gracious and slow to anger and full of faithful love. He will not always accuse us or be angry forever. He has not dealt with us as our sins deserve or repaid us according to our offenses. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his faithful love toward those who fear him. For as the east, far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. And then in the last verse it says, Praise the Lord, all his works, in all the places where he rules. My soul, praise the Lord. You know, the celebration of Thanksgiving Day has passed in our lives, and yet it's a day that we set aside each year to give thanks to God as a nation. And we should have time set aside every day and where we give thanks to God for all that he's given us. And yet, you know, as you, you look out and you, you go shopping now, and even after, as soon as Halloween ends, you go shopping, and what's the first thing you start seeing pop up in stores? But Christmas, the Christmas trees and decorations, it grabs your attention because you see the red and the green. And we realize more and more and noticeably more and more you can't even find the paper pilgrims that used to be sitting up in the grocery stores, you know, and all around because we're already pushing towards Christmas. But as, as God's people, it's fitting for us to focus our thoughts upon who God is, the giver of all those gifts, the blessings that we have, the blessings that are numerous beyond what we even think about on an everyday basis that the psalmist brings out to us and reminds us of all those gifts that we are given every day because of his slow uh, to anger but gracious in his love, the undeservingness that we are given because he is all deserving of all praise. And so we give him our gratitude, we give him our heart, we give him our thanks, and we bless his name. Psalm 103 has been called David's Hallelujah Chorus. It's the psalm that in its text addresses his soul. And it's the only psalm that you'll find that there is not, in its context, it is not about anything else but the Lord and what the Lord has done in the life of David. And David represents all of us as believers. And we recognize in this psalm the various gifts that God gives us every day that we should say, God, I thank you for my salvation. God, I thank you for the healing. Lord, I thank you for the restoration. Lord, I thank you that you were slow to anger and gracious in your love. Lord, I thank you for your compassion. Lord, I thank you that you remove my sin as far as the east is from the west. Lord, I thank you for redemption. I thank you for my soul is based in you. Those things David recognizes in Psalm 103. And those things you may say to yourself, what can I give God thanks for? Am I to just thank him for my house and my car and my family, my children, etc., my job, the money's in the bank, the clothes on my back, the food that I have? All those things are important, yes. But when you get stumped sometimes and you're in a rut and you're trying to think, what can I thank God for? Go back to Psalm 103 and you will see your salvation and you'll see compassion, you'll see grace, you'll see restoration, you'll see redemption, you'll see hope, you'll see life, you'll see light in the midst of darkness. You'll see the accuser is now defeated because God is more powerful. You'll see all those things in that Psalm. And so as we look at this passage and we look at its interpretation of that passage 
I want us to look at what life in relationship with God is based on Psalm 103. And so let me give you a couple of things, three and to be exact, of life in relationship to God. I I think all three of them popped up on the screen, so don't worry about getting distracted with that. We'll just go through them. First of all is being filled with blessing. It's a prayer of nothing but praise to God. And you see that in verses one and two. My soul, praise the Lord, and all that is within me, praise his holy name. My soul, praise the Lord, and do not forget all his benefits. You know, there is no supplication, there is no request, there is no petition, there is no plea in this prayer asking God to do something for the one who prayed. It is pure, unhindered praise to God, and David was all struck by his blessings. And the blessings that are enumerated all throughout this psalm are the same blessings for those who have confessed with their mouth and who have believed in their heart that the Lord God is your God. We're not told the circumstances in which David wrote this psalm, but it's not difficult to imagine how it happened. Looking at his life and counting his blessings instead of complaining about his burdens, it dawned upon David just how much God has done for him. And his soul is exceedingly joyful as he looks at himself compared to the graciousness and the giftedness that God has given to him because of those many blessings. And so David is seeing how much God has done and he's realized how good God has been to him and how deserving he was of all these blessings. Springing up from the depths of his heart, gushing forth is this prayer of praise, the benediction of expressing his gratitude toward God for everything that he had in his life. It's easy to look around our, our lives and see the things that we can hold on to that are temporal and say, I'm thankful that I have this. And we should be, because we realize as quickly as we have, have those things and have received them as quickly as they could be gone. But there is so much more beyond the temporal that we can be thankful for. And David praised the Lord with song. The Psalms are a song. You realize that the Psalms that we read are songs that were sung and they were chanted back to God. David was very fluent in dance, as we know from other scriptures. You remember his wife, Michal, who criticized David because David danced in the streets and he danced rather unclothed in praise to God and giving God all the thanks and blessing him with all that he has. And as a result, Michal was stricken with uh, bearingness because of her complaint over one who was praising God. So I can see David full of emotion, passionate in all his heart, praising God from the depth of his soul and saying that he believes in God and that he believes that all those things that he has in, 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 in God, in relationship to God, he is filled with so much blessing that it cannot be contained. He believed to put, putting his all into it. The ancient Hebrew king was also an accomplished musician. So not only could he play instruments, he danced and he could sing. A man who sang with feeling and sang with conviction, a joyous song of a celebrative spirit that is grateful to God for everything that he has. And these words are not dry words. They're not stale words. They are words that are sung back to God, full of life and full of energy. They were a part of his worship. And yet David, as he's accustomed to dancing, worships God in the song. Now, a guy who dances, when he worships God, 
cannot be dry, cannot be monotonous as he sang this psalm to God. And he places God where God needs to be in David's life. And he says back to God, God, you have filled, you have filled me and you have filled the earth with so much blessing. I praise you from the depths of my soul. Bless the Lord, all my soul and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. A guy who sang it with joy, a deep desire to let God know everything that he has been given is given as, as a, from a grateful heart. He gives back to God in praise and recognition. He exalts the name of God. Have you ever asked the question, what does it mean to exalt God? Look at Psalm 103. It is, it is not God as a friend sitting on a stool beside you he is a God who surrounds you. He's a God who encompasses who you are. He's a God that permeates the existence of your heart. That is a God who's with you as a friend on a stool sitting beside you, as a God who leads you and guides you through every threshold of your life. That's the, the whole makeup that David sees, that God fills his life with so much blessing and David wants to fill God with so much thanks. And he gives it back to him. Psalm 34, verse 12, concerning David, he pretends to be insane in that verse. And he drove him out because he was running from uh, things of his life and running from, from the problems of his life, running from those who were trying to kill him. And yet he says, I will praise the Lord all the times of my life, even when he was running for his own life from Saul, he says, I will praise the Lord all the time. His praise will always be on my lips. I will boast in the Lord. He says, in, in the humble will hear and the humble will be glad. Proclaim with me the Lord's greatness. Let's exalt his name together, David says. In Psalm 66, verse 1 through 4, he says, Shout joyfully to God all the earth. Sing the glory of his name. Make his praises glorious. Say to God, how all-inspiring are your works. Your enemies will cringe before you because of your great strength. And all the earth will worship you and sing praise to you. They will sing praise to your name. Psalm 81, Psalm 92, many, many other psalms are songs of praise to God. David was serious about praising God. It was not just, okay, this might, it's the time of the year, I'm supposed to praise him around a turkey. <laughs> He's praising God from the depth of his being of everything that God has given him. And it wasn't something that he only did at a temple or in religious services. It was a part of his everyday experience. He was grateful to God and he could not help but, but give God the praise. He, was, he could not be constrained any longer. It was a, a welling up of his life giving forth to God in that praise. Now, if you're like me, <laughs> well, I'm, I'm so accustomed to look at what is not instead of what is. You know, it's, you, you look about the things that could be better and you look about the things that you wish you had and you don't look at the things that you have and the things that are best and you look at the negative over the positive and when we do that, what we're taking away is we're taking God out of the equation of their, those good things that we have in life. Now, David was singing the ancient Hebrew version of count your many blessings. And he was naming them one by one. Why? Because of what the Lord has done in David's life. So life in relationship with God is filled with blessing. And second of all, life in relationship to God is whole or wholeness. Your life is whole. At verse 3, it says, He forgives all your sin. He heals all your diseases. Now, it would be amazing if you could walk into a doctor 
And the doctor says, don't care about what your disease is. I've got the control in my hand. You're going to be healed. Well, that would be great news, wouldn't it? That'd be something that you would, you, would, you would grab your cell phone with a selfie and you would record that and put it on Facebook at that moment so that all the world could hear that this guy has the healing powers of any disease in the world. But if someone says to you, I'll forgive every sin that you've ever committed and every sin that you are yet to commit, well, guess what? You are in the doctor's office today. And it's not a doctor that you can see in physical appearance. It says here, David says, I praise the Lord from the depth of my soul because I realize that the doctor is in in my life and the doctor has all my sin and all my diseases healed. And I praise his holy name. That's beautiful. He's looking at God as the, the author of his life. He's looking at God as his great physician spiritually of his life. He's looking at God as being the God who is the caregiver of his life. And he says, I am whole because God has forgiven me of all my, my sins and he's forgiven me of all the diseases of my soul. Now, what are those diseases of the soul that David is mentioning? You know, in Job, we see Job going before God. And, and I mean, we see in Job that Satan goes before God accusing Job of wrong and says, you know, you've, you've, pat, you've, you've patted him too nicely, God, and you've given him everything that he, that he, that he needs you just take some of that stuff away and you watch him complain a little bit. And so Job's test began. And we learn through the book of Job that Job got everything stripped from him. And even in the most difficult, darkest, hurtful moment of his life, Job praised God. He would not curse God and die. In verse 3, it says, He forgives our sins, He heals our diseases. It goes on to say that later in that, in that entire chapter that there is one who accuses us in verse 9. He will not only accuse us or be angry forever. You know, you use the term accuser representing that of Satan. God is real. He's powerful. He's victorious. He's ultimate. And he's all that we need. But the accuser is real as well and yet wants to tempt us away from God, they calls him, the Bible calls him the adversary, the enemy. But we have an advocate. We have one who goes to the Father on our behalf, and through the Lord Jesus Christ, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one gets to the Father except by me. I have given my life. I have lived my life. I was, I was crucified. I was buried. I was resurrected. I am seated on the right hand of the Father, and I am your, I am your I'm mediator between you and God. I am your advocate. I am representing you before the Father. And through me, through these nail-pierced hands, he says, I've got you right where I need you, and I will represent you to the Father of all. I have bought you with the price, and your sins are forgiven. Your sins are removed. They are like scarlet. They have been washed as white as snow, and those sins now belong to me. And I've taken the penalty of that sin away from you. And David says, oh, my soul, praise the Lord for he forgives my sin and he heals all my soul's diseases that are within me. He heals all my diseases. He forgives those sins. He sees the believers as people who have been made whole because of relationship with God. And he addresses his soul. So what kind of healing is he speaking of? It could be physical healing, but I don't think that's what he's speaking about. I affirm that God is, is the healer. 
that God is the greatest physician on the face of this planet. While healing is a sermon itself, and suffice to say that God is the great physician to whom we carry all our physical needs and his importance that we do, important that we do in the petitions as well. But we're talking about something beyond the physical here. This is disease of the soul. I hate you. And I want to hold on to my hate because you hurt my feelings. That's a disease of the soul that says I'm right and you are wrong. It's a disease of the soul that says, I don't care if you're my brother or my literal sister because you took the money that mom gave you and didn't share it with me. I can't be a part of your life anymore. I hate you. That's a disease of the soul. And David says God has the power to heal those diseases, to bring reconciliation to the children on the face of the earth, to bring reconciliation to the children between moms and dads and brothers and sisters, the healing that says I can give you life again, that I can give you wholeness, that I can give you all that you need emotionally, physically, spiritually, so that you can be whole. Those diseases of the soul that eats away at who we are. That's what he's praising God for. He's praising God that he can look at someone and see love. That he can look at someone and see that they're the potential of a great servant of the kingdom of God. That he can look at someone who is homeless and, and, and addicted to drugs and see the potential because we know God can heal those diseases. He can heal hatred. He can heal bitterness. He can heal anger, depression, lust, jealousy, pride, greed, and the list goes on. Those diseases of the soul that takes away our wholeness. And David says, I praise you that I am whole. David knew what it was like to face all those things. David knew what it's like to be, be guilty of taking someone else's life taking from some, some other woman what was not his. He was guilty of hiding his sin. He was guilty of failing a kingdom. He was guilty of jealousy, pride, and greed. And he knew the wholeness that came to him when he says to God, God, forgive me of all my transgressions and please take this burden away from me. Take all this guilt from my life. And when he confessed it to God and he said, God, here I am, use me, cleanse me, heal me, make me as white as snow, remove my sin as far as the east is from the west, which, he, which, which is stated there in Isaiah chapter 51. He says, I am healed and I am whole because of the act of God in my life. That's life in relationship to God. Life in relationship to God is filled with blessing. Life in relationship to God is full of wholeness. And third of all, life in relationship to God is full of meaning. In verse 4, he says, He redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with faithful love and compassion. Because he forgives our sin and because he gives us relationship, because he heals our soul's diseases, we see that life is meaningful, full of abundant living. As Jesus says, I've come to seek and to save that which is lost. I've come to give abundant life and the promise of everlasting life. This verse can be rendered, he keeps your life from going to waste. <laughs> I like that interpretation. Life's meaningful. How many people waste their years on the lie of their life in things that really do not matter? They really do not count. They spend their days in the pursuit of the temporal things and wake up one day and realize how empty and tired and the feeling that they have is of no use anymore. Did you see that North Korea has more deaths during the pandemic as a result of suicide than they have of COVID-19. Why is that? 
I'm not a judge of anybody's soul, and nor do I claim to be, and nor do I want to be, because I would fail. But it sounds to me that people are running after the wind and just can't find meaning in life. Wholeness and meaningfulness is in relationship to the Lord God. He keeps our life from going to waste. In fact, they end up feeling betrayed because the things that they worked so hard to obtain is now gone. I'm sure that every one of us could share a testimony. And I've heard some of your testimonies. You could share a testimony and say, you know, there was a time in my life this was happening. But when I gave up control of that, this is my life today. And it is so much better. I would rather be poor than rich if it meant that being rich was chasing after things other than God. And I would rather be latched hold to God and be poor and enjoy life and have meaning than to chase after those things that really do not matter. Money, material, power, position, things that just do not work. God gives his people purpose in living. He gives us meaning. He gives our lives a substance so it's not going to waste. It's interesting that the major company that picks up trash in our area is called Waste Management. <laughs> we throw our trash into uh, the bigger can and they come by and they collect our waste and they get rid of it. Well, look at God, not as a big garbage collector, but at the same time, you, you, the lid's open for you to throw all that junk into the can. And God will come and, and just take that all that waste away and give you back meaning and purpose. Verse 5 says, he, satisfi he satisfies your mouth. He gives satisfaction in your old age. Remember, he's speaking to his soul, David is. He's saying that the one of the benefits of being God's people is that when we're old, we will not have to look back on our lives filled with regret but we'll look back on our life, the many years that we walked upon the face of the earth, and we'll realize that we are satisfied with our journey. So let me give you six suggestions, and I promise you they're going to go fast. Six praise suggestions of what to consider uh, as we give praise to God, as you see. Be aware. In other words, don't forget the benefits that you have. Always be aware of your fringe benefits that God gives you. Number two, be honest. We talked about it in Sunday school. It's hard to, it's impossible to confess with your mouth and believe in your heart if you're not honest with God and say, I really, I really confess you as Lord and I really believe you as Lord in my life. So we've got to be honest with God. Don't be phony. Don't put on an act. Think about authenticity and think about honesty. Third, be grateful. There's nothing that encourages praise like gratitude. Be grateful. Always look for that, those things in your life that you're thankful for. Instead of looking at your gas needle and saying, oh my goodness, I'm down to empty again, be thankful there's a gas station that can fill it back up. You follow me? Number four, be vocal. Tell someone, sing his praises. Don't be bashful. Say, hey, I've got some good news today. God is good, and he's been good to me. Is he good to you? Be vocal. When you're standing in line, and someone's breathing down your neck, and now that they're breathing down your neck, you do turn around and look at them. <laughs> A little bit different. <laughs> be, you know, turn around. Be vocal with them. Give them a good word. Number five, be natural. Praise God in a way that's natural to you. You know, I, I would love to just, just sing to the top of my voice and it just, it just brings you in. But I'm afraid if I sing to the top of my voice, you're going to go out. <laughs> so I'm going to praise God in a natural way that's best for me. Number six, be consistent. Make it a part of your everyday experience. Just let it, as we talk about being natural, it kind of flows into being consistent. So how about you? Are you living a life in relationship to God, most importantly? That's the key. 
First of all, are you living a life in relationship to God? If not, there's good news. You can say, God, I, I believe you. I believe in you. And I believe that you are Lord of my life. And I confess my sin to you. And I give you my heart. And I want to live for you for the rest of my days. It's just that simple. It's turning over a new leaf, letting go of yourself, and submitting yourself unto God. How do you praise him? You praise him with your life. Yes, you praise him with your words, without a doubt. You praise him with your song, without a doubt. You praise him in so many different artistic ways, expressing your heart to God. But basically, you're praising God with your life. But we must be careful not to fall into the rut as the Israelites fell into, saying one thing and then doing another. Believing one thing and yet acting like another. Isaiah 29 verse 13 says, The Lord said, Because these people approach me with their mouths to honor me with lip service, yet their hearts are far from me, and their worship consists of man-made rules learned by all. Be careful of that. David said, I will praise him with all that's within me and bless his holy name. This means praise him with my attitudes, praise him with my actions, praise him with my family, praise him with my finances, praise him with my words, praise him with my work, my religion, my relationships, my voice, my vocation, my church, my children, my hobbies, my habits. I will praise him not only in word, but also in deed, and I'll praise him with everything and all that is within me. So when was the last time you stopped to consider all your benefits? Good question to ask at the close of the sermon. I know I could have asked you that question a long time ago, and we probably could all be sitting down to dinner right now, but I don't know if it would have made as much sense. So when was the last time you stopped to consider all his benefits that he's given to you? Do you enjoy these benefits? Have you experienced forgiveness? Are you living a meaningful, satisfied life? Does your soul have diseases that need to be healed? Are you living with eternal purpose? Those are questions that I think are good reminders to us to answer to let us know what we really, really believe and what we really have within us. God is good. He's good to you and he's good to me. So much so that it's hard to even fathom how our minute words could say back to God how grateful we are. But as minute as those words are, they're expected to give to God. So give him praise and start deep within yourself and praise his holy name for who he is and for what he's given you because he loves you so. Father, we thank you and we bless your name and we give you the recognition and the honor that is, that is who you are in control of our life. We want to recognize you as Abba Father and to recognize you as our friend to recognize you as the giver of those things that have healed us from the diseases of our soul to the things in our minds and our hearts in relationships and in life. And we give you praise for restoration and wholeness, the goodness that is given to all of us. We want to say thank you. We love you. We worship you. We praise you. And we bless your holy name. In your name that we pray. Amen. Forgiven because you were forsaken. I'm accepted, you were condemned. I'm alive and well, your spirit is within me because.
It's my joy to honor you. 